This morning's scripture is Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will, see, will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Well, good morning again. Uh, my, name's, my name is Harrison. I'm one of uh, the pastors here at EP, and uh, it is indeed an honor to open the Word of God and to proclaim it. You go with me to our Father in prayer. Lord, we do come to you. Lord, we ask you to open up our hearts to hear from you. Father, we pray that our hearts would be softened by your grace. Father, we pray that you would scratch away the hard places, the scales from our, our eyes and our soul. Father, we pray that you would work in us so that we are satisfied with you and you alone. So that we long for you above all else. And Father, now for this one that would open your word, I pray, Lord, that I would decrease and that you would increase, and that you and you alone would be honored and praised and glorified for your worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter six takes a bit of a turn in the Sermon on the Mount, and as Jesus does often, he introduces a whole section with one phrase. And so most of chapter six is, in, is introduced just with verse one, where he starts off with, beware. Beware. I grew up with a lot of dogs, and one of them was a dachshund, and one of them was an Irish setter. And, and the dachshund would yip and yip and yip and people would hear the yipping and, and they would ignore it and they would look at the Irish setter and he would bark and bark and with the Irish setter because of his size and his deep voice, they would beware of the Irish setter. And then they'd bend over to pet the dachshund and get their hand taken off. <laughs> Sometimes we don't hear the signs or see them for what they are. My minivan was in a shop in, in France, uh, in Lyon, France, uh, just for a regular checkup. I go in to pick it up, and one of our tires and wheel, the whole thing, is, is on a table in the middle of the shop. And the mechanic uh, called me over, and um, I asked him in my best French, which was really very, 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 very horrible, what's wrong? And he didn't understand what I was saying. And he simply looked at the tire, and he looked at me, and he said, Don Jay. I don't have a clue what you just said. <laughs> Don Jay. And I said, 
what? Je ne comprends pas. I don't, I don't understand. You know, my French is bad. And he, he didn't understand what I said either. And so he, he does what we do sometimes when we're not understood. He raised his voice. <laughs> Don Jay! What's wrong with a tire? And by this time, my friend was screaming at me, Don Jay! I'm like, I don't have a clue. What's wrong with a tire? And he turns it over. And all the steel belt was showing through and it was about to come apart. And then I understood. I said, oh, danger. We danger. <laughs> like, I don't have a clue what you just said, except I think it was danger. The tire's about to come apart and it's dangerous. He was shouting at me to try to get me to understand there was danger there. We just didn't speak the same language. In this place, Jesus is shouting at us, beware. But sometimes we don't speak the same language. He's saying beware, and it's coming from the mouth of God himself, and we brush right on past it. Because we don't like to read things that tell us to beware, do we? We want to read just the good news. Well, in this place, I would tell you that, that his, his telling us to beware is also good news. It's kind of him to, be, to tell us to beware, to beware of practicing your righteousness, your righteous acts in order to be seen by, by men. Beware. He's very kind to us in that way. Kind to tell us not to give in to the, the old yearnings that, that are so prevalent in people. See, in small ways and in large ways, we long for the approval of others. It's been that way since the beginning. We're more interested in what we look like and what we have here on earth than we are in what God would, would give to us. We prefer the reward that we can grab and hold on to than the reward that we would have in heaven because we can see and taste and touch the reward here on earth. And the reward in heaven is, well, it's faith that has not yet become sight. The day's gonna come when the trump will resound and the Lord will descend. Until that day, until that day, that old yearning will rise up within us and shout like a trumpet. In this place, Jesus is telling us to beware. And it's kind of an, an overall banner that, that covers much of chapter six. You see it in verse one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. That covers verse two when he speaks of giving alms. It covers verse, verse five when he begins to speak of, of praying. It covers uh, verse, verse 16 when he begins to speak of, of fasting. Uh, beware even of fasting and praying that you're not doing it in order to be seen by others. And in verse 9, 19, and really in verse 21, he kind of wraps it up. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if what you're, you're seeking to do is to be seen by others, then guess what? You got it. That's what you wanted. That's what you got. You've received reward in full. You're looking for the praise of people, and you got it. Self-righteousness of this type is its reward its own reward. It's all there is. Was anything wrong with fasting or praying or giving of alms? Well, no. They were prescribed in the, in the Old Testament by the, by the, the law and the prophets, uh, encouraged by, by Jesus himself. So uh, he says, yeah, do this. But here's the thing. The motive, the heart of the matter is what Jesus is getting at here, Right? If we're giving the alms in order to be seen by others, then we will have no reward from God. We'll have the reward that we sought. We'll be seen 
by others. Giving of alms was giving of mercy, giving uh, for the needs uh, of the poor. And it was a good thing. It was something we were supposed to be doing. In the context here, he says, you know, you, you're giving in, uh, with, with trumpets in, in the streets as if the, you, you get this picture of, of trumpets going before someone and maybe a band, you know, and, uh, and, and some, uh, a town crier that's shouting, here comes John Doe coming to give his alms and laying it there in the temple. So you get this, this vision of, of loud trumpets and a big parade for somebody that's going to give a, a really sizable gift maybe. Uh, nearly all commentators agree that the trumpets weren't real. Jesus is, is speaking in hyperbole here, just a little, a little picture for us to see, that that's kind of what we do. Not just the one that, that might give a really large gift and want everybody to know it. And, and not just the one that might pray and wants everybody to see him. Or the one that might fast and, and does it in a way that everybody sees and honors and glorifies that particular individual. It's the heart of the matter that he's getting at. The motives are that we want to be seen and heard, so we do it in a way that's as if there are trumpets that are, that are going off. It's a, I'm so great, look at what I've given. It's a, Jesus is lucky to have me on his team kind of attitude. And it is its own reward. There's a few things we see about this old yearning. One, it's, it's a yearning that is not content with God. It's not content, not satisfied with God alone. It focuses on self. Instead, it must have the attention of others, praise from others. It's, it's a heart that says, adore me, applaud me. It's a, it's a heart that says, approve of me. It's a heart that says, praise me. I remember being a kid at, at the local YMCA and you know climbing up to the to the high dive and scared to death to climb up to the high dive. But when I get up there, you know, I'm, I'm looking around to make sure mom's watching. You're right, mom, 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 hey mom, watch this. Because what kid doesn't want the praise of mom or dad, right? It's something that's innate in us. We want the praise and the approval of other people. But when we're relying on that for our identity, then we've missed Jesus. We go to great lengths to get that praise and that approval, that adoration and that, that applause. We will manipulate others. We will give more performance if that's what it takes to get that from them. We long to control other people so that they will, they will give us what, what we want. Paul David Tripp says, the pride in your righteousness that causes you to look down on those you perceive to have not yet arrived where you are is never a sign of spiritual maturity. So the one that is giving the alms is, is saying, look how righteous I am, how awesome I am, and it always has to be in comparison to someone else. And as if it's a sign of spiritual maturity and worthy of praise and honor, and, and Christ is saying, no, it's not. It's not a sign of great faith at all. It's not content with God. Another thing we see here in this old yearning is that it seeks the praise of, well, of fickle people. People are fickle. If they praise you today and their, their relationship with them is built on, on what you can do for them, uh, on your great performance, whether uh, you know, it's the alms that you give today or, or whatever it is that you do, what happens tomorrow if you're not able to give those alms? What if you're broke? 
What if you give them something today but you don't have it to give tomorrow? What if your performance is great today but next week you can't perform in that way? Do you still have their praise? Do you still have their approval? No, because people are fickle. If your relationship with someone is built on what you can do for them, what happens when you can no longer do that? You lose that relationship because people are, well, they're fickle. Jesus says to beware, beware. If what you're living for or what you hold in high priority is the praise of others, you will have it for a season. But that's all you'll have. We also, this old yearning is, well, it's, it receives the title from Jesus of, of hypocrite. And look in verse two. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you that they have received their reward. To be a hypocrite was to be a play actor, um, a pretender. Jesus gives us that this warning in verse two. He gives, gives it again in, uh, in verse, um, verse five and in verse 16 in relation to prayer and fasting. It's people that practice these things as if they are actors for the praise and approval of others. I would imagine everyone in here has, has seen movies at different times. Maybe you've seen plays, and maybe you've, you've been to plays on Broadway and in other, other places where, where it's a big, big, big deal, right? What happens if there's no one in the room? Does the actor continue to, to act? Or would they go do something else? Well, they would go do something else because they're there for the praise, the applause, the money that they can reap for acting. There is no reward from God for that. There is a reward from man. The problem is that such actions, well, it, it holds you captive. When your identity is built around the praise and, and adoration of others, then those things capture you. So Paul tells them to Galatians to not be slay, enslaved anymore. They become your master. The hypocrites play a role copying someone else and trumpeting their greatness and pretending to be someone that they aren't. They receive the reward an actor receives for a season. Jesus says to beware. And every one of us in this room is guilty of that. Maybe in small ways, maybe in large ways. I remember many years ago, I was in the middle of a sermon and, and with a, with a with the preaching of a sermon, it's, it's a, a conversation that's going on uh, between the preacher and the Lord and his word and the congregation. So it's just this constant conversation that's going on. And I remember in the back of my mind thinking, man, you really nailed that point. And I remember the very distinct very distinct feeling from the Holy Spirit saying, you hypocrite. And it was a fitting indictment. My bride, uh, every Sunday morning before I leave to, to come here to preach, she reminds me as she did this morning, 
that you have an audience of one. You have an audience of one, just one. It's not that I don't care what you think I do, probably too much. It's not that I don't want your approval, I'm human, there's that. But I have an audience of one, so I don't preach for your approval. I preach for his, and that's enough. It has to be enough. The yearning is still there in all of us in large ways and smalls, and the Father continues to call us away from that. This old yearning is a, is a, a bent towards a pretend righteousness that earns praise from a person, but it earns a rebuke from God. Watched a movie um, <clears throat> a couple nights ago. It's one of my favorites, A Hundred Foot Journey. I don't know if you've seen it or not. If you haven't, see it's a great movie. Uh, starring Helen Moran. In the movie, uh, it's, it's, uh, a, a, it's kind of a scene between two restaurants, an Indian restaurant and a French restaurant set in a, a village uh, in, French, in France. And so Helen Moran is the, uh, the owner of the French restaurant. She's Madame Mallory. And she does such a great job. She, she nails it. Um, as Madame Mallory, she's the owner of this, this one-star, Michelin one-star restaurant. And she's aiming for a second star. And she finally gets a second star. And of course, then she wants a third star because do isn't enough for her. She has to have three Michelin stars. She's gonna do whatever she has to do to get it. But it's all a facade. Helen Marin, no matter how great the part she plays, she's not Madame Mallory. She's still Helen Marin. She's not Madame Mallory. She's still Helen Marin. You're still created by God, a child of God, and you stand before God at the end. Helen Marin is, is, is a hypocrite in that place. The word hypocrite means play actor, pretender. She does it well. Even the, even the set, the restaurant that she has, is, uh, is a facade, literally. It's a front. And, and you, you go behind the scenes of it, and there are these large two by sixes and two by twelves that are, that are holding it up at this angle that just hold up the front of the building. There are no rooms to it. Even behind the front door, it's just a blue screen and a fake from a, uh, from a, um, a studio somewhere else. It's all a facade, there's nothing to it. In the end, such, playing such a, a role uh, leaves us ever more lonely because we can never be good enough for the people whose praise we seek. Even in a crowd, though you might feel in control and have the applause of some, it's superficial and based on a lie. You get the praise of a few that Appreciate your facade of greatness or legalism or hypocrisy or performance, but that's all you get. You aimed for earth and you got it. You aimed for earth and you got it, but that's all you got. What that person gets from Jesus is a warning, a beware. You received reward in full. Jesus' kind warning here is just that it's kind. It's kind. Walked down uh, around the loop at Greenberry Point yesterday, and walking past these these towers that remain there, and uh, and there's there's signs on all the legs that say what say beware, right? Beware or danger. Don't climb the tower. Those of you that have climbed the tower, you know who you are because you've confessed it to me. Um, don't do that. 
And, don't, and if you're younger, don't, don't follow their lead, no matter what they tell you. Beware, danger, don't do it. It's a kind warning. Jesus gives us a new trumpet to blow here. You can choose to live with the old trumpet lifestyle with the praise or approval of others as reward with control as your goal and applause and praise from people. But that's all you get. Jesus offers you a better way, a way that takes you to the Father. He tells us in verse three, to not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, to give in secrecy in that way. He's not saying literally, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing because they're attached to the same body. Your left hand's gonna know what your right hand's doing. They're attached to the same brain, right? So that's gonna happen. So he's not saying to give in that kind of a, a secrecy. What he's saying here, though, is to not let your, your giving become your identity or your praying become your identity or fasting become your identity but let Jesus remain as your identity. If you're, if you're giving in order to be, to receive the praise of people, you will have received your reward in full. Um, he, <clears throat> excuse me. What he's telling us instead is to trumpet Christ. We trumpet our greatness often as individuals we trumpet our greatness often as a church. We trumpet our, our greatness as, uh, of our history or our greatness of our founding or our greatness of our present. And, the, and God has done a lot of great things here and is going to do a lot of great things here. But what if instead of trumping, trumpeting our greatness as a church or as individuals, what if we just trumpet the greatness of Jesus Christ? What if? We take Paul's words to heart in Galatians 6, 14. Man never boasts in anything except the gospel. Man never boasts in anything except the cross. Man never boasts in anything except Jesus. What if? What we trumpet is Christ and Christ alone. In Colossians 3, we're told in everything we do, do it as unto the Lord, as unto Christ the praise of God the Father, what if? What we do, we do only and always for Christ and Christ alone. That brings about a different, a different reward. Our Father takes us to that place. Just as we, you see beware here and you see hypocrite repeated here, my friends, you gotta catch this. Jesus speaks to us of your Father. Not just... God, not just Father, not only Heavenly Father, but your Father. He makes it very personal. I love that song we sang a moment ago. He's a good, good Father. Your Father is very personal and intimate. Dan Doriani makes an intentional connection that what, what Jesus is pointing towards here is Abba. The intimate nature that, that God has with his people. Abba. Your father is personal. You see it in verse one, verse four, verse six, and verse 14 and 15 and 18. It's, it's this intimate, not distant father. It's a, a your father. After the Super Bowl, Andrew Whitworth, uh, number 67, tackle with the uh, LA Rams, sat down in the middle of the Super Bowl field, uh, surrounded by, by blue and yellow confetti. And he called all his kids to him, all his little kids. And after they quit playing with the confetti and he got their attention, uh, he, he said he had an announcement to make. And he's sitting there in the middle of all this, this celebration and everything. He's just with his kids, though. Everybody else is gone. He's just with them. Um, and he said, 
he said, I want you to know this was daddy's last football game. I'm gonna be home with you guys. I promise, I'm gonna be a better dad. I'm going to be around more. I'm gonna be home with you guys. Andrew Whitworth got it. In order to be that better dad, he had to be home. God the Father is with you. He doesn't leave you alone. He's not fickle. He's not a hypocrite. He doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't manipulate. He's not here today, gone tomorrow. And he's not here with you because of what you've done. He's here with you because of what Jesus has done. He's a good, good father. The passage tells us that he sees when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, he will reward you. My friends, he sees the things that nobody else sees. The things you do, the way you love, the way you serve others, and you think nobody else sees it. Your father sees. He knows. And he will reward you. Your reward might not be here on this earth. It might not be until heaven. But he will reward you. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and so much of your life has been built on the praise of others. Maybe it's like a, a gorilla chest thumping kind of thing. Look at me, look at what I've done, look at how, how great I am and how awesome I lead and how awesome I do this and that and the other. My friends, Jesus refers to that as hypocrisy. And he gives you a beware here. And that is a very kind, kind thing of him to do. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been that one that's been doing everything in secret, quietly behind the scenes. And you wonder if anybody else even knows you're alive. Jesus sees, he sees, he sees and he knows. Your father sees and he knows and you will receive reward in full. It might not be a reward until you're sitting at the banquet table of the lamb in heaven, but that reward's enough, isn't it? The day's gonna come when the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend and you shall have your reward in full. Even the darkest night, even when you feel invisible, even when you are alone, even when your world is gone, Jesus still sees and Jesus still knows and Jesus still holds you and Jesus still loves you, not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. Father, we pray that you'll help us to run hard after you. Father, that we would not run after the praise and adoration and applause of people but that with grace and courage, Lord, we would love as you've called us to love and we would be content with you. Lord, that we would be content with you. In Jesus, amen.